All right, Russell, I want to get real with you for a minute. Ooh, real. Real talk. Real. I'm ready. Real talk. Yeah. So, you might remember that we did an episode a while back, actually, on imposter syndrome. Real talk? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> is that because of an age thing? Like, you just <laughs> you forget things? Or is that just like we've done so many episodes now that you've forgotten oh, man, half we, of the topics that we've got? We're burning through these episodes. I mean, who would have thought that we could continue cranking these out every single week? You know, people didn't believe in us. So, I think it could just be the volume of episodes. Well, we did an episode on imposter syndrome, and maybe you, you should go back and listen to it. Okay. And so you just a while ago did a follow up on an episode. So I'm going to do a follow up on an episode too. Whoa. So I thought that we could talk a little bit about perceptions, like people's perceptions of you or how people perceive us, I guess. Does that make sense? No, I think it's starting to make sense. You're going to have to walk me through it though. All right, so imposter syndrome is kind of to do with, like, our perception of ourselves, right? Yeah. Uh, we perceive ourselves as not being good enough, and we perceive others as being better than us, right? That's kind of the way that uh, imposter syndrome works. But this, on the other hand, is how other people perceive us, and how do you think other people perceive you specifically? Ooh, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So, the other way around, not how you perceive yourself, how do other yeah. people perceive me? I'd have to say, like, I know this sounds like a cop-out, but I have to say it probably varies in, in different situations. Like, I think the way people perceive me at work is very different to someone who meets me on the street is very different to, you know, someone I kick in the leg while while playing soccer. <laughs> Uh, just just while playing soccer or do you just kick people in the leg while you're walking down the street just <laughs> i don't have to answer that question it's incriminating but you, you know what i mean like it's, it's in different contexts like for example yeah you know most saturdays i'll go out and play you know soccer with all these crazy south americans and i'm sure they perceive me as like you know weird australian guy who plays soccer with us south americans and can't speak a word of spanish so you know in in that setting i don't, I don't feel like an imposter because i mean i am australian it's more you know, I'm sure they they perceive me that way. That's just the reality of it. And then, you know, you come to work and I guess it's weird here. Like I'm a developer. I'm also the boss. I mean, Philip is as well. And so you have all these weird things mixed into the way people perceive you. And I mean, I really want them to perceive me a certain way, but, you know, you can't, you can't always control that. And how about as like as a general person? Like one of the things that I that I find is that I – like to think that people perceive me as a good person like as a as a generally good guy do you yeah. get a, any sort of feeling like that yeah i get i hear what you're saying yeah i'm the same like i'd, I'd like to think that you know people think oh you know russell he, he's a nice guy you know i can i can trust him with things you know he's not gonna kick me in the leg <laughs> just randomly <laughs> as he walks past that kind of stuff and it, yeah it i mean i'd like to think the same thing my my always my number one concern is like there are a lot of jerks in this world and how, how do I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not one of them? Like everybody, I'm sure everybody thinks, you know, mainly that they're a good guy. How can you be sure that, you know, the other people perceive you as, as the good guy? Is that, is that making sense? Yeah. No, so what you're saying is that you do actually care whether or not people like perceive you in a good way or a bad way. Oh, definitely. I mean, even people that I know I'm never, ever, ever going to see again. Like let's say, you know, I'm at an airport transfer in some foreign country that, and, yeah. and I bump into, like, I don't know, security guard or anybody really. <laughs> For some reason, I still want that p- person to perceive me well, even though there's literally no repercussions that, you know, if they think I'm a jerk or they think I'm weird or whatever, there's, I'm probably never going to see them again. So there's no, there's no downside yeah. to that, but I still want to be 
perceived well. Like, are you like that as well? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like, that's, I, I think that's probably one of the driving forces in my life that I care how other people and not even just like people that I know, but people that I have, I, like random people in the supermarket. Like, I want them to be, you know, to perceive me as being, I don't know, a, a generally good person. Um, I remember I actually have like, have this memory of, riding my bike to church uh, on Sunday mornings when I lived uh, with like when I lived at, with my parents when I was a lot younger I guess and part of the reason that I did that was because I wanted people to see me as you know I oh, arrives really early he's the guy that turns the heaters on because he's you know he's that sort of real nice guy and like I also like had this kind of feeling that when people would see me riding my bike you know through town they would you know see me as like oh he's you know he's you know, he seems like he's you know a good a good guy like he's you know riding and doing all that stuff like i cared about that stuff and it continues to like to this day like i, I mean i don't ride a bike anymore <laughs> so i mean how much of that do you think is like you want to impress people or get somewhere versus how much is that's just you like you know that that's the person you are and you can't really help it i don't know that kind of begs the question of like how long does do you have to do something before it just becomes part of who you are? Like, I, I think at least partially, I, I want to impress people. Like, I want people the, this idea that you know I want people to have a fairly good opinion of me. Uh, you know, they want I want them to perceive me to be good. That's me trying to impress, right? That's basically the definition of you know trying to impress people. But I think it goes even further than that. Because I don't just care about impressing them. I care about not disappointing them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. And I guess it begs the philosophical question, should you actually care? Should, should you be as conscious of, you know, impressing and looking good for other people as, you know, both you and I sound like we are? Well, I think that depends. I think that depends on the, like, on the situation because – yeah, I I feel like there are situations in which you should probably care about what other people think. Like, I mean, let's say that you are going to a job interview. Like, half of a job interview is <laughs> Wait, getting did you people- bring the dictionary. I just got to check. <laughs> well, exactly. Half of the half of what a job interview entails is trying to convince other people and show other people that you are worth hiring that you are a good hire that you are therefore a good employee or a good potential employee at the very least so i i mean that sort of situation yeah probably you should probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess any sort of like interaction with with people like you go on a date you you should probably impress the other person if if you can you know you are doing some kind of business transaction with someone else It's, it's probably a good idea to seem you know above the level and trustworthy so i guess yeah, okay, there's all sorts of situations in life where you should care. Should you still care when you shouldn't care? Like when there's absolutely no repercussions whatsoever, should should you still care as much as you do? Maybe not. And I don't mean you're going to like actively hurt the person. It's not like should I punch you in the face and then walk away more? Like should I just not care about the weight? Like for example, all right, you're going to the shops mm. and you have to buy something. Can you just turn up in like you know a pair of shorts and a singlet and some thongs or whatever and just be like oh whatever i don't think i can but i i see what you're doing there and i don't think that like i, I mean as long as you're not hurting anyone or cause any anybody any sort of real discomfort i mean if you turn up naked you probably should care <laughs> yeah that, that's where the discomfort part comes into it but if you you know if you're turning up in clothes that are comfortable i mean let's say you're wearing track pants 
trackpants as a general rule are kind of considered as being like you don't go out in them. You can wear them around the house. You can probably wear them when you're like, you know, doing sporty things. Yeah, because I think, that's think kind that could of what be what they, they were designed for, yeah. I mean, unless yeah. you're a celebrity, in which case you're showing that, you you know, you're a man or a woman of the people. Yeah, Because you wear the exactly. track pants. And look kind of hungover and wear the big glasses. <laughs> so, I, I think there's a few situations in kind of where it's it's difficult. I mean, one of the things that I struggle with a lot is this idea of, like, failing. I, I, I really struggle with, like, I don't want people to see me as being a failure. Does that make sense? Oh, this this makes so much sense because... So much of how other people perceive you is kind of bound up in, I guess, your job and, and how you make money because I guess in this world, you know, people people look at the car you drive, they look at the kind of clothes you're wearing, they look at the house you live in right? Um, and they look at the things you tell them about your job and they're like, well, you know, is Jelly a successful independent developer or, you know, is he an unsuccessful one? Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of, I mean, this has obviously a little bit of overlap with imposter syndrome because, I mean, uh, you know, I can feel like I'm a failure uh, you know, because I, I don't have what it takes or I'm because I'm, you know, an imposter. But I think it goes further than that. Like, one of the things that I always struggle with, and especially uh, at the moment, like back last year, around this time last year, I left my regular job, my, you know, nine to five and went indie. And that is in, especially in, in the circles that you and I run in, that's considered successful, right? Because all of a sudden you're, you're able to like stick it to the man and go and work on whatever you, you know, you deem necessary. And you must have, you know, you must be, you know, achieving some amount of success in order to do that. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. Like in the tight circles that we sort of travel in, like people look at someone that leaves their job and they're like, whoa, like he must have be having a lot of success, you know, to give up, up a full time income because, you know, IT incomes are pretty decent, you know, in most parts of the world. But the thing is, I think to the wider world, sometimes you're like, I work from home can also equal like I'm unemployed. Mm. And that's that's something I struggled with initially when I first started the indie thing. You know, I didn't have an office or anything. I used to just work from, you know, the office in my house. And I did struggle with that perception. You know, you talk to people and they'd be like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm an indie developer and I work from home. And they're like, oh, you work from home. And some of them were would be like, oh, that's amazing. You get the freedom to work from home. But you could tell that others were like, oh, you poor thing. Like, you work at home. <laughs> Do you get that as well? I don't think I get that as much because I get it the other way around. Like, I don't necessarily get comments about, like, uh, about my status, I guess, as a develop, you know, as a person that works at home. But I definitely feel like one of the things that I, I struggle with is fear of going back to work. Fear of going back to work. I know it makes it doesn't make any sense. Let me try and put it in a way that does. Because I guess I feel like other people perceive my indie status as being successful. I worry that if I consider the idea of going, you know, getting a, a job somewhere for whatever reason, that people will then consider that as failure because I failed to be an indie. If that, does that make sense? No, that that, that actually makes perfect sense because. What you're saying is like, you know, you've gone out, you've done your own thing. People think you're successful. And if you go out and take a full-time job, then most people will look at that and like, oh, like, I guess, you know, Daniel didn't do that well in, you know, his his main job. So, sorry, in his indie job. So, now he's had to go and find another job. And this is something I struggled with as well. When we first started Shifty Jelly, I left, you know, stable full-time employment. And I just knew that if six months later I went back to stable full-time employment that it would just it would just look bad. You're like, oh, well, Rusty obviously wasn't a very good, you know, independent developer. He lasted six months and then he had to go, 
back and get a job, even though it's weird because the, the final outcome is you'd think people would be happy for you because you, again, have full-time work and maybe you found a job that you prefer to do. Yeah. Like it's not always a negative thing, but I think so much of like how other people perceive you and how we think they perceive us is tied up in the fact that you've gone and done this thing, you've you've left full-time employment, so you don't want to go straight back there because that will just, you know, it'll look weird, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I, def- I definitely feel that way in that regards. Like I... I feel like if, if I, you know, if I don't leave it the correct amount of time that, yeah, people will see it as being failure and then that will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, well, because I, I feel like it might, like, it'll affect how, like, future employers will see me, uh, or future clients, I guess, will see me, that sort of stuff. Like, uh, you know, in, if, depending on where I decide to go, cause, it could theoretically be like there is every possibility that I end up going back to work because I did fail and that doesn't necessarily look great. But at the same time, like I might theoretically uh, take a job and that's because I, you know, the job was a really amazing opportunity and I really wanted to go for it. But people don't necessarily see those, like see that sort of context. And I guess that's really what I'm worried about is like that, that the context won't kind of be taken into account yeah no i know exactly what you mean and i think sometimes that kind of forces us to do kind of outward shows of success which is which is a weird way to try and impress people but i guess it's it's fairly common like i i always got the impression not not to get too personal that that you know when when i married my wife michelle that her parents didn't 100 percent approve of me like i was from i guess a lower socioeconomic bracket than they were and i wasn't you know i guess as english as they were and it they never said it, and maybe this is not true. Maybe this is just, you know, imposter syndrome, but I always felt like I needed to impress them. So I felt yep. like when I stepped out and did the independent thing, like one of the reasons we ended up getting an office in the city is one, you know, we both had young kids and it was really hard to work from home. Yep. I, I think there was a small part of it that is like, no, I want to impress like, you know, Michelle's parents. Like I have an office, you know, in the CBD. It wasn't much of an office to be honest, but it was something. It's like here is the physical place of my work. And I reckon that also influenced us, you know, when we went out to buy a car, like our car, you know, was kind of dying and we needed a new car. And I could have just bought, you know, just another Magna like we had. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get something slightly fancy. And I don't think it was at the front of my mind. I'm not like, I'm going to buy a fancy car to impress Michelle's parents. But I think it was a factor. It's like, you know, if I get this car, you know, we can kind of afford it. You know, we can pay it off over time. And, you know, it, it will kind of show that, hey, here's another sign that Russell did the right thing. You know, he left his job and now he has some money at least. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the areas in which you probably shouldn't care. I mean, it's not that <laughs> yeah, I definitely like, it's not that I don't care. I really like I really I don't want to care, but I do. I do care. And I think it does like it affects me. Like it, it affects me in ways that probably change the course of like the change the decisions that I make, which it probably shouldn't. It's one of those one of those things where it's like, what would happen if I did this? And what would happen if I did that? It's the, it's the what ifs. The what ifs are terrible. <laughs> no, don't do those. So, what about personality-wise, right? Like, do you find that you alter your, like, interactions with people so they don't consider you to be a jerk? Uh, well, I mean, that, that implies that, that somewhere I am a jerk and I have to alter it. But I, I think I get what you're saying. Like, do I change the things I say and do you know, to try and make sure that other people don't think I'm perhaps weird is, is a better word because yeah, I, I'm really into like the tech scene, you know, I'm really into gaming, I'm really into app development. But I feel like, for example, when I'm at a party with other people and they're, you know, sort of people that they have different jobs, so they're electricians or plumbers or whatever, just different types of jobs, 
I, I feel like for for those people, I kind of alter what I say like a little bit because I don't like be like, yes, I develop apps and I develop these apps and let me tell you about like phones. It's more I try and hold that back. I'm like, yeah, you know, I make software and that's kind of interesting. But what what do you do for a job? Like I I don't try and dwell on it. And I think the reason I don't try and dwell on it is because I'm worried, you know, that basically they'll perceive me as some weird sort of nerd that's that's not like them. And I know the whole nerd thing is meant to be becoming cool, but I still have that perception when I'm in a room full of people that I shouldn't be, you know, too nerdy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand what that's like. I mean, I am a giant nerd, so, you know, I <laughs> I, I think I own, I, I think in that regards, I, I, I own the fact that I'm, you know, a nerd or a geek or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, do you own it in every single case, like even when you meet people you don't know? I think, yeah, I do. Like, I... I, I think it's one of those th- those situations where, like, I've grown up so into like the idea of, um, you know, movies and TV shows and all of that sort of stuff that I love. I love, like, you know, I I love it. I love. I don't. I don't kind of feel embarrassed about it at all. It's, but at the same time, like, there are other kind of uh, areas of my personality that I'll alter based on who I'm around and it's just things like it's just simple things like you know when I go and meet new people I will try and put away my uh my you know in- introversion and you know be more outgoing and like that's me trying to uh you know express myself differently like one of the things that I did when I moved to Canberra in fact was I made this conscious choice that I was going to be a different person like I was going to I was going to be more outgoing and I was going to be, uh, you know, less socially anxious, I guess. And I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like that was, I, I mean, I failed in that completely. Uh, it, it worked for about two weeks and then I just got worn out from, you know, putting on this persona. But it's, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, I, I definitely do. It's just not about the things that I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, the thing I'm wondering is, is that a good thing? Like, is it a good thing to try and alter yourself a little bit so that you can kind of fit into, you know, a group or a person you're talking to? Or would it be better if like every single one of us didn't do that? Because it's, it's like, I always think of this thing, right? You go to a friend's house. I don't know if your friends are like this, but mine are. You go over the house and the house is spotless. And deep down, you know, it's spotless because they cleaned up because you were coming over. And then they come over to your house and I don't know if you're like me, but I, I clean my, you know, Michelle and I clean the whole house because we know we're having people over. Yeah. But I kind of wonder if the world would be a better place if you could just, you know, turn up to someone's house. Obviously, it's not a dump. It's not rubbish everywhere. But if there was just, you know, some things out of place, you know, maybe they didn't sweep the floor. I mean, big deal, really. Like at the end of the day, like why did they spend an hour cleaning up just because I was coming over? Like I've always found that weird. And yet I know they do it and I know I do it. And we never really acknowledge that you know, each other are doing it, but we go around to each other's houses and, you know, they're always clean. Yeah, it's a social contract. It's yeah. this sort of thing where, like, you expect to, when you go over somebody's house, that they've, you know, they'll have, uh, you know, put things away and have, you know, tidied up and there won't be socks, like, strewn about the place. <laughs> I think that you're right in certain situations. I, I definitely think that there are there are situations in which you probably shouldn't care what other people think of you. So, one of the things that makes me kind of uh that i i think about a lot is like what about changing the way that you're perceived in order to improve yourself does that even make sense like can you improve yourself based on the way that you try and make other people perceive you yeah i I think that kind of makes sense and i think sometimes you can like for example 
let's say you're a person like me that tends to look at their phone way too often, like every time it buzzes or, you know, you're sitting at a park or the other day I took my kids to like swimming lessons and like they're in the pool and yeah, you you can watch them, but you know, maybe you can send a quick text message or whatever. But the thing is you feel that there's a social contract in that sort of space where people will judge you if you spend, you know, too much time on your phone and not enough time looking at your kids. And, And I do wonder if that actually improves me slightly as a person. Like sometimes that's annoying. Sometimes it's like whatever, but at other times it's like, you know what, like I should probably be more in this moment and, you know, enjoy them splashing around and kind of doing stupid things rather than, you know, responding to a Slack message or, you know, making fun of Jelly, you know, somewhere. I, I, I feel like that's probably right. Like, I, and I even think that like the idea of, you know, cleaning up your house when other people come over, that's sort of improving yourself. Oh, to, to a point. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't need to have a house that looks like it came out of, I don't know, Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> Is that even a thing outside I'm of Australia? Sure that's, no, outside of Australia. I don't think so. Just insert favourite home renovation show here. Or, or or magazine, Vogue. Vogue, do Vogue have houses in it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're out of our depth here, Jelly. Yeah, I don't know anything about houses <laughs> or, or house magazines or lifestyle magazines, I guess they are. I feel like that that can be a good thing. Like, uh, you know, always striving to better yourself is probably a good thing. And I, I even kind of, I mean, looking back at like when I moved to Canberra and tried to change, like, you know, try to be a bit more outgoing. Uh, and when I do it, you know, when I go to parties or if I'm you know, meeting new people or, you know, going to a conference like I am next month, you know, I feel like that's probably a good thing for me, like trying to get out of my depth. Maybe the reasoning isn't necessarily the greatest. Yeah, I, I think I, I kind of know where you're coming from. Like, it is a good thing. Like, everyone says, you know, be yourself and don't change who you are, you know, be true to yourself. But sometimes you do want to shave off the rough edges of yourself, like the, you know, the, the parts that might be a bit abrasive or that people might not sort of fully understand. Sometimes I think it's a good thing just to chip those off, like in different social situations. Like, I don't think you're really changing the core of what you are, but you are kind of, you know, improving in some ways. Yeah. And I I think that's kind of the key. Like if how other people perceive you is the catalyst for improvement and uh, and a good kind of change, like it's constructive, then that's awesome. But if it's not, if you're just if you're just concerned about how other people perceive you because of something that either you can't change or you know, is actually a problem you're on there and then it's just, you know, going to blow up in your face and go boom. 